Imagine if it was easy to find and retain your dream client as a salon owner. Forest Salon Software is the all-in-one point-of-sale system for salons, spas, and clinics. With client and staff management and best-in-class reporting and a marketing suite, Forest touches every point of the salon experience to help salons find and retain their dream clients, increase client visit frequency, and increase their revenue. With over 9,000 salons globally partnering with Forest Salon Software to manage, market, and grow their business, as well as a team of local industry professionals here to support you, there has never been a better time to switch to a software partner that can grow with your business. Beauty Business and Beyond listeners who sign up for Forest will receive 50% off your setup fee, which will cover the cost of your data migration, system configuration and training, as well as 2,000 free SMS to use on SMS marketing campaigns of your choosing. Simply click the link in the show notes to take advantage of this generous offer. Forest Salon Software, together we grow. Welcome to the Beauty, Business and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, otherwise known as Skin Queen. I'm a skin therapist turned clinical educator turned multiple six-figure online business owner. I used to think that owning a business meant that you'd have a product or service, a website and an Instagram and just wait for the masses to flock. But little did I know. It wasn't until I started working with coaches and mentors that I learned there is so much more to it. On this podcast, you can expect to learn about mindset, marketing, strategies and other fundamental business lessons that have helped me to generate over $500,000 of revenue in less than two years. Are you in my Facebook group? Every single day I post in there sharing even more gold nuggets of information to help you grow your business. To find it, search Beauty Business and Beyond on Facebook or head to the link in my show notes to get a direct link. I'm going to get hate for this episode, but this is a topic that I've wanted to talk about for years. I haven't felt like it's been the right time, but now it is, and I'm about to tell all. (laughs) Nervous laugh. All right, here we go. So I have had a couple of interesting conversations in my Facebook group, the Beauty Business and Beyond group, recently at time of recording this back in September. And honestly, it's been eye-opening. Being a new physical business owner of the facial bar, one of my big things at the moment is looking at how can I increase retail sales? Because a lot of people are buying skincare here and there, but they're also like, oh, I've never heard of this brand before. So for me as a business owner, I have automatically thought, okay, well, I need to build social trust and brand trust with my consumer, with my audience to help increase sales. And I've been looking at lots of interesting ways to do this. And I'm hands-on sometimes when I need to fill in, but also too, I'm really great at listening in. And it's just been interesting what I'm hearing a lot of people say. And a lot of people have been saying, oh no, I don't want to be recommended skincare because I'm using the go-to, I'm using the ordinary, I'm using Paula's Choice, I'm using Medicaid, I'm using SkinCeuticals. And they're like, is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. That's completely fine. And they're like, oh, because therapists in the past have told me to throw that out and that's rubbish. And I did a post in my group saying, if you had a client who came in and we was using Sephora brand products, what would you say? 
A, it's rubbish, throw it out. B, educate them. C, fill the gaps. Or D, educate them on what's best for their skin. Now, I think for a long time in Australia, people have gotten caught up in thinking cosmeceutical is an elite category. Cosmeceutical is a marketing word. And I'm sure I've said this in my podcast before because I've known this for years. When I began to understand this years ago, I began looking it up. And cosmeceutical is a marketing word. The only place in the world where cosmeceuticals are its own category is in South Korea and Japan. And I forget what they call it over there, but that's the only place where it's its own category. Here in Australia, skincare falls under the pharmaceutical section. Whether you buy it from a skin therapist or whether you buy it from a drugstore, whether you buy it from Coles, whether you buy it from, it's all classified as a pharmaceutical, which means that all of it and its compliance testing all has to go through TGA approval if you're making claims. So the professional ranges, they don't get an extra set of different rules compared to a Sephora brand. They've all got to go through the Therapeutics Good Australia here in Australia. And it's I'm sure it's similar in the US. I'm sure it's similar in New Zealand. I'm sure it's similar in the UK. I can only speak from Australia because that is where I am. So with that then, what makes a formulation different to a professional and a Sephora-based brand? I am trying to find a cosmetic formulator to jump on the podcast and talk to me about this. I have three in mind. I'm friends with Laura Hayes from Science Become Her. She is in the UK. And also two, I did a podcast once and I can't even think of her name, but I can see her face. She was the cosmetic formulations chemist for ultraceuticals. I did an Instagram live with her once, but I should actually reach out to her and get her on the podcast again because she is just a wealth of knowledge and she's worked for a couple of different brands over the years. But I remember one time having a conversation with her about this where I was saying, well, what's the difference between a professional grade and uh, one that you buy at Sephora? And she was saying at the end of the day, it comes down to the manufacturer's budget. And you would be surprised. A lot of them are like, oh, well, can you create a vitamin C serum that is going to cost us $2? And so they've got to work within their scope, whereas sometimes a professional brand will be like, you have $20 per serum to play with. And I was saying, well, what about delivery systems? And she was saying, well, skin is designed to keep things out, which makes sense, apart from water, which we can't necessarily help. So every skincare product that is applied to your skin, needs a delivery system to be absorbed into your skin, which makes sense. (laughs) So it's not that some professional grade skincare brands have better delivery systems than others because most skincare needs delivery systems. So then why is professional skincare often sometimes so much more expensive than, you know, products that you find at Mecca and Sephora? I'm going to share this with you and it's going to blow your mind. So in case you didn't know, I worked for Ultraceuticals in Australia for four years. And then after that, I worked for Advanced Skin Technologies for two years. And I learned a lot about obviously working with a manufactured brand, which was Ultraceuticals, and then working with a distributor brand, which was AST, Distributed, Skin Better Science, Cosmetics, Dermaquest, Societe, but also true, they would buy Aspect and Aspect is a private label skincare. You can disagree with me all you want, but there was a file within the Aspect database 
that said private label brands. And there were a few skincare clinics that wanted Aspect products in their own private label. And there was all information there about contracts, about, you know, how they will put them in touch with the supplier and the private label people, but they're not allowed to go directly. They've got to go through AST and I've seen it all. And I was like, well, that's cool if people like the formulations enough that they're just like, hey, can you help me private label? Because that's something that I would do at the end of the day with Skin Queen. And there's nothing bad about that because those formulations are still good. There's nothing bad about it at all. So then why is professional skincare so expensive? When I was employed at AST, I was on a hundred grand a year plus car allowance. So I think it might've been like 120 a year. Then I also had another person in my team who was a business development manager. And then we had our state manager. And that was pretty common when I worked at Ultraceuticals, it was the same. What we were giving to clients was we were giving them marketing collateral. We were giving them online training. We were giving them in-person training. We were giving them face-to-face professional training where they could come to our location. We were giving them shelf talkers, retail displays. We were giving them samples. We were giving them all these extra things. And that money had to come from somewhere. It's not like we were, you know, creating a product for $30 and then selling it to you and then making a bit of a markup. And then as a result, you know, we were just being generous. The company had to run at a profit And when I was leaving the company, I think the company was doing something like maybe $6 million a year from being a distributor brand. And it's the same with Ultraceuticals. They just manufacture it themselves. They don't distribute it. They actually manufacture it and make it themselves. Here's the thing. How much do you reckon a serum costs to make? And this is where I'm like, shit scared. (laughs) Don't come for me, but it's going to make sense in the end. For a hyaluronic serum to be made it can cost anywhere from 2 to $3. That's it. And that's including the formulation. And then you obviously need to put it in packaging. Then you need labels for the packaging. Then you probably want to do some clinical testing and clinical trials. So you've got before and afters. Then you need the cardboard box for the outside. And then you also need to ship it. And then you also need to pay somebody to do social media, to do PR, You need a business development manager to train it in, to sell it in and to tell you what's what and to support you in your business. You need an educator to come in and train you with that too. But also you might want online training and then you want all these other marketing support and collateral. You want to be invited to events for free where you only just pay for your ticket or sometimes just pay for your flights if they're hosting it for free. And this is where the markup comes. But one thing I learned too is, and one of my staff members asked me this the other day, they were like, how do the people who distribute the skincare make money? And say, for example, it costs the manufacturer $2 to make, and then they might have a distributor rate and the distributor rate might be $13 a bottle. And then the wholesaler can go and sell it for $30 a bottle. And then we put our markup on top and we can sell it for $60 a bottle. So there's markup at every stage so that the distributor makes money and also to the person who's wholesaling it on selling it to the end consumer, which is generally the clinics, have a markup as well. And that's the reality of it. And I think for a long time now, a lot of skin therapists have been brainwashed. And I can say that because When I think about what I used to say and do as an educator within the skincare industry, 
I was just, you know, regurgitating what I was being taught in training and I became so good at it that I could almost do it in my sleep and I developed my spiels for everything to the point where skin therapists can do the same and then there's no critical thinking applied and you're all just regurgitating what we're being told to say. And there's nothing good or bad about it. It just is what it is. And I did it for six years of my life. Like I would go and learn how to train skincare. And it was like positioned as come and learn about skin. We're going to learn about acne. We're going to learn about pigment. But really, we were just selling you on the ingredients, what the ingredients do for the skin, and how you can sell the benefits and the transformation to the client. You weren't actually learning the root cause of the skin concerns. Unless you're, of course, a dermavigil stockist and they have a whole corneotherapy component attached, which is awesome. But a lot of skincare brands aren't teaching you the root cause because they don't have the products to help the root cause. (laughs) They're teaching you the solutions to fix the problem rather than treating the problem. And when I learned this, I felt a little bit cheated at first, felt a little bit lied to, but at the same time, it's almost like nobody ever lied to me. It's just, that's the reality of it. And I was never given the space to think for myself and coming on the outside of it, you know, I've used a lot of influencer based brands. I've used a lot of skincare brands in my time where brands have sent them to me and been like, Oh, I'd love you to try this and do a post. And I've tried it. I'm like, this is actually freaking amazing. And going to Beauty Expo recently, there are a lot of mainstream brands there, skincare brands from independent business owners. And I'd go and speak to them and they're like, oh my gosh, skin like skin queen. Like I bought Hydromers. And the person at Hydromers was like, oh my God, I'm totally having a fangirl moment. Oh my gosh, I can't believe Skin Queen's buying my products. I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, I think you're so professional. Like you buy only professional stuff. So for you to buy my small business stuff, that's really cool. Like, well, I've got nothing against it. Like, if you're standing here and you're backing your product, then that's awesome. It's actually funny too, because flying home from Queenstown, I bumped into Zoe Blake and oh my gosh, totally fangirled. She started the go-to skincare. And I think that skincare is perfect. It's affordable. It's $39 a cleanser. It's $50 for a serum. It's exactly what people need within the price point that they need. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Like there's nothing wrong with those products. It's very consumer friendly. And I sometimes feel like as an industry, we're not consumer friendly. Now, the reason why I know all this and I still choose to stock a professional brand is because I stock Circuit Cosmeceuticals. Circuit is distributed by Dream Aesthetics and I really believe in Sarah Sarah is all about supporting small businesses and she's a small business herself and I'm happy to support that. So I know that there's markup upon markup and I understand all that, but I also just genuinely love the product. And will I look to do another product in the future? Definitely. I actually am considering doing my own skincare product, but at the same time for now, I just need to get to the end of the year. And I like Circuit Cosmeceuticals and knowing what I know, I'm not like, oh, so expensive or because like that's just the skincare game that's the skincare world at the end of the day it all comes down to marketing there are products that have been made for two dollars that sell for 179 dollars there are products that are private labeled that sell for hundreds of dollars god there are products that are dupes of other products and i'm like they're probably the same product 
and there's no biggie, whatever. It's just understanding and looking at things with a critical mind. I think the beauty industry lacks that, if I'm being honest. I think you should always question why you believe these things. The other day I saw somebody post in the group saying like, oh, Vaseline is so bad and skin slugging is so bad. I'm like, but why is it bad? And they're like, petroleum jelly is so bad. I'm like, but why? And they're like, there's just so many studies on it. I'm like, okay, but you can't give me an answer as to why. I guess it's like me with pawpaw cream. The reason why I don't like pawpaw cream on your lips, only on your lips, is because it's an enzyme and enzymes exfoliate. So I've critically thought about that. But at the same time, God, people in the industry would die if they found out that I used a $30 moisturizer on my face. And why? It's because it's black seed oil encapsulated into a moisturizer. And if you look up the benefits of black seed oil, there are so many. And they used to put black seeds in sarcophaguses in ancient Egypt to preserve bodies. And honestly, it's been the only thing that's kept my rosacea at bay over the years. And when you look at things yourself rather than what you're told all the time, I think you'll be surprised. But I'm going to leave it here today. I just wanted to share a little bit because I think even after coming out of Beauty Expo, everyone's so focused on the professional industry. That's great because that's the industry we work in. But at the end of the day, we are dealing with consumers and you have to look at the world from your consumer's point of view because if you are trying to sell a $100 cleanser to your client who is like, oh, but I use a $39 go-to cleanser, why? Why are they choosing that? Is it budget? Is it they like the packaging? Is it easier to understand than the product you're recommending to them? And I think it's really important to one, see things from the consumer's point of view, but to apply critical thinking and think logically about why certain things are done certain ways and formulate your own opinion. Anyway, thank you for listening to this. Hopefully I don't get cancelled. And if I do, it is what it is. I've been in the back end of skincare companies before and I know what's what and I'm out of any gardening periods now so I can talk about it and it just is what it is, guys. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next time. Oh, 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 oh,